Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Aging Younger Radio, the podcast that's all about disease prevention using natural health alternatives. If you're searching for natural solutions to staying fit and healthy, you've tuned into the right place. Your hosts are David and Stephanie Tippy, two naturopaths with the advice and recommendations you need to steer clear of the modern medical mess created by Big Pharma. Today, more than ever, health is wealth. And on Aging Younger Radio, you'll get the tools and info you need to be the wealthiest person in town. So if having younger skin, a healthier heart, a stronger immune system, and more are what you desire, stick around. And now give a warm welcome to David and Stephanie. Welcome to Aging Younger Radio. This is Stephanie Tippy. David and I, we broadcast live every week from our clinic in Water Hill, Florida. You can reach us at 954-742-4430, and you can find us online at agingyounger.net. Yes, welcome to Aging Younger. I'm David Tippy. I'm going to start with the hidden dangers of genetically modified foods. We hear a lot about genetically modified foods or genetically modified organisms or GMOs, but what exactly are they and why should we bother worrying about them? We would like to review what GMOs are with our listening audience about how they are changing our relationship to food and what we can do to take control of the types of food that we eat. First, let's answer the question, what are genetically modified foods? When you hear someone use the term Frankenstein foods, there is a good reason. Genetically modified foods take genetic material from one organism and put it into another. This gives that organism plant or animal characteristics that it didn't have before which your body will not recognize, and to that end, will create a disease state. Consider soybeans as an example, one of the most popular crops worldwide, although they are uh, estrogen and not something that we suggest. The newer varieties have been created, not hybridized with genetic material from a bacterium that is resistant to Roundup, who have been sued for billions of dollars and are now cited as a toxin to the body, which was a common herbicide. This new modified strain of soybeans are planted and sprayed with Roundup and holes up while any weeds in the vicinity wither. And this new variety is not some little used plant either. At least 50% of the entire world's soy crop is genetically modified. And soy is just one crop. And if it were perfectly organic, it is still a dangerous phytoestrogen and an endocrine disruptor, which means if your hormones were in balance before you began eating soy or tofu, for that matter, your hormonal system would become out of balance. Tomatoes, corn, canola, alfalfa, 
are also all heavily modified plants. You, uh, you have to be really careful when you buy these to make sure you are not purchasing genetically modified. All of them, especially corn, end up in the food supply. So does this mean you are eating genetically modified food? The answer is, pro is certainly, probably. At this point, it is hard to avoid. According to the United States Department of Agriculture, the USDA numbers from 2009, 93% of the American soy crop is genetically modified. 86% of corn and 90% of canola Aside from those major food products, genetically modified sugar beets, squash, and Hawaiian papaya are also available. Chances are good that over 80% of the packaged foods in your local supermarket have at least some GMO content. So my question is, why should we care? To begin with, it's because this is all very new and we don't know what the long-term environmental or health consequences will be. What we do know is that the percentage of Americans with three or more chronic illnesses jumped from 7 to 13% in just the last nine years. That's almost double. We have also seen skyrocketing food allergies and autism, digestive problems, and reproductive disorders on the rise as well. This is not to say that genetically modified foods are completely responsible for all of these trends. Our overall well-being is a mix of environmental, hereditary, and yes, folks, dietary factors. So our health is a very complex matter, to say the least. And certainly, as we always say, health is your choice. So David and I will always say to you, please read your labels and educate yourself. However, it is certainly fair and appropriate for us to be concerned about how GMO foods affect our bodies and the world around us and to bring it to the attention of our listeners. After all, just because something is labeled advanced or safe is absolutely no reason to accept it without a question behind it. So why make genetically modified foods at all? Now that's a great question that we are going to address right now. Proponents of genetically modified foods say that radical changes are necessary. They claim that by boosting nutrients in a particular plant, well, then they can make it more nutritious. In addition, the shelf life of the foods engineered with preservatives can be extended, making foods last longer. It can make more money for the manufacturer. And by... Excuse me. And by making them more insect resistant, they can cut down on the amount of chemical pesticides that ultimately runs off into the water supply. Speaking of which, there are genetically modified plants 
that are being developed to be more drought tolerant to grow in areas with low water supplies as well. On the surface, I guess it all sounds good, but again, we are dealing with the law of unintended consequences here. What happens when insects find a way to outmaneuver the changes manufacturers have made to those plants? At what point is a plant considered the same species as its non-modified, or shall I say Mother Nature cousin anyway? Arguments against uh, genetically modified foods are growing. One of the arguments against uh, genetically modified foods is that pollution from those plants does not recognize the borders of nearby fields planted with non-modified crops. So say you're running an organic or sustainable farm adjacent to these crops, chances are your corn, soybeans, or other crops are going to be affected. And it's not just the crops. In one instance, genetically modified corn that was developed to be toxic to insects was also found to kill monarch butterflies that were feeding on corn pollen covered uh, milkweed plants, their main food source. Thankfully, that particular type of genetically modified corn has been withdrawn from the market. However, some of the genetically modified developed pesticides are also killing honeybees, our primary uh, pollinators, because they drift into other plants and stay in the soil longer than, with, than, than it was thought of. Now, think about that killing off honeybees is especially killing off at least a third of our food supply. Without honeybees, there is no life on this planet. Aside from that, what genetically modified foods due to our inner environment is also open to question. Because of their strange mixture of ingredients, genetically modified organisms can introduce substances into our foods that have never been part of our diet in Mother Nature. We simply don't know what the effects could be. However, we now know that the pest-resistant material in genetically modified corn has been shown to stay in the human body longer than anticipated. In fact, levels have been detected in the blood of pregnant women and unborn babies. In addition, some genetically modified corn has also been associated with liver and kidney damage in animals, or look at the case of milk from cows treated with RBGH, which is genetically engineered recombinant bovine growth hormone in to, to increase their milk production. Result isn't just unnaturally higher amounts of milk per animal, but the milk from 
dose-treated cows has greater levels of a hormone, which has been linked to cancer. This isn't just Frankenstein food, folks. It really is a monster that corporations are creating to create more profit for themselves without any thought of the dangers to our health. There are religious and ethical concerns to think about as well. Some of the new genetically modified foods use genes from animals to strengthen resistance in plants. What would, what about the pig DNA being introduced into plants to give them some marginal advantage? Can this plant still be considered vegan or kosher? That's a very good question. But even if you are inclined to acknowledge the benefits of GMO foods and technology, realize that they may not last. As we discussed uh, a little earlier in the show, pollen from genetically modified crops doesn't just fall on nearby GM, or genetically modified free farming fields, but on the weeds they are trying to control as well. This could easily make the next generation of weeds just as resistant to insects and pesticides like the parent plant. When weeds that are repeatedly exposed to the toxin Roundup eventually develops resistance, it will then force growers into using even stronger and more dangerous chemicals. It's a vicious cycle. After all, it doesn't take long for the natural world to get overpowered by man-made chemicals and begin to create failure in Mother Nature. Look at the antibiotic-resistant bacteria, for example. It's, a re it's already a very real problem with MRSA, which is methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus, MRSA, an infection causing bacteria that is the supervillain of hospitals and nursing homes. And unfortunately, it's resistant to antibiotics for many health concerns are on the rise, in part because we so quickly adapted on all or nothing approach when it comes to anything new. For years, conventional practitioners overprescribed antibiotics. They still do, by the way. Still relatively new in the entire history of medicine for almost everything. The result hasn't been what we would have imagined, or at least what we would have liked to imagine at the time. So when you broaden this to the world of, of food, you are looking at enormous risks. In one project in particular, a gene from Brazil nuts was introduced to a strain of soybeans. As you can expect, People with nut allergies reacted to this strange ingredient, and happily, the project was abandoned. But you have to ask yourself why none of the project leaders even considered that possibility. Greed, greed, greed. After all, nut and other food allergies are not exactly uncommon. But all of this leads to a much bigger question. And that is, do we really need genetically modified food? Certainly, Monsanto and other companies will tell you that their new technology will be the answer to world hunger. 
but they don't mention that it will also be extremely profitable for them and toxic for our bodies. A deeper look shows that all of this money being spent for potentially dangerous outcomes is really money wasted. The fact that 30% of the food produced around the world simply is not eaten. There are a lot of reasons for this. Crop failures, stockpiles of food ruined by pests, poor infrastructure and bad markets, along with simple waste, food being thrown away after it was purchased. And guess who the biggest culprits are? We are here in the United States. Each day we throw out enough food to fill the Rose Bowl, wasting 25-50% of all food we produce. Now, some experts in many ways more optimistic and less opportunistic than genetically modified megacorporations believe that the issue of hunger in the world is not a failure to produce enough food. The problem is getting the food to the people who need it. It's really a matter of distribution, not production, and certainly not a reason for introducing risky, potentially damaging genetically modified organisms into our food supply. The problem is you have no idea whether or not most of the foods you are eating contain genetically modified organisms. In the United States, there is no law that food companies must declare whether their products have these ingredients, unlike in Europe, where they must be labeled. And as it is the only commercial genetically modified crop grown in the European Union, is a strain of insect-resistant corn. Even this was recently banned in France, Austria, Germany, and three other countries. People there just didn't want to experiment with their food like this. Most people in America, 91%, prefer to have genetically modified foods labeled so that we know what we are purchasing. White at the point of purchase, there has been legislation introduced in, into Congress to require the labeling of genetically engineered foods, and responsible companies will label their food as GMO-free because they know it resonates with certain customers with good brains. Nonetheless, the current rule says that Genetically modified foods only need to be labeled if they are significantly different than the conventional food. Until there is a law labeling genetically modified foods, what should we do? One way to, one way to uh, take charge is to eat organic foods. The marketplace can send a strong message. Some types of genetically modified crops have already been pulled due to consumer rejection. For example, one engineered 
patio, a potato, excuse me, was withdrawn because the other big companies that produce French fries and chips knew it would be a public relations disaster. Anything that is labeled organic cannot, by definition, contain genetically modified ingredients. Plus, organic food is so good for you for a variety of other reasons as well. It is grown or raised without any synthetic pesticides, insecticides, herbicides, fungicides, fertilizer, or other toxic substances. Organic produce is naturally healthy. No artificial colors or flavors and is not irradiated or genetically modified either. Organically produced poultry, eggs, cheese, and meat are free of hormones and antibiotics. You know what you are getting, just excellent, healthy food. And remember, many of your local farmers may be following organic and uh, sustainable practices but might not have organic certification. We would suggest building a relationship with the people who provide food locally and support their work. If you truly take an interest in your food, and we certainly encourage you to do just that, consider the farm to fork approach. Uh, know where it's coming from and uh, relish the fact that it is life building in more ways than one. The touted reasons for genetically modified foods vary from making a fruit larger and seedless to resisting pesticides, herbicides, and insecticides like David just uh, spoke of. Millions of dollars are invested in the bioengineering process annually by many with Bill Gates most notably investing in Monsanto with 500,000 shares. But are GMO foods really the solution to, to humanity's problems, or are they negatively affecting virtually all life <clears throat> on planet Earth? Genetically modified foods have been proven not only to, to be unhealthy, but also quite deadly. One review of 19 studies showed that with the consumption of genetically modified foods comes significant organ disruptions, especially in the liver and kidneys. What is more, however, is that the damage posed by Monsanto's GMO creations extends even further than public health. In fact, they threaten the environment as a whole. This is perhaps the most concerning effect of GMOs. Monsanto has created GMO crops that contain something known uh, as a, a BT, and this BT is a toxin incorporated into the crops with the intention of killing off insects. What about our ecosystem? The usage of the BT or as it's referred to as biopesticide within these GMO crops, however, has actually led to mutant insect, insect populations. 
this is this is just like uh, Orwell's book, 1984, but we're way beyond that, right? So now we have insect mutants, insect populations, which are directly resistant to the biopesticide. Reports state that at least eight insect populations have developed resistance with two popula populations resistant to Bt sprays and at least six species resistant to Bt crops as a whole. As a result, farmers must spray even more pesticides. So we are just polluting and pollu continuously polluting our Earth's surface. We would love to be your source of education on natural health and wellness. And this is the main reason for Aging Younger Radio. David and I invite you to go to our website, which is agingyounger.net, and there is a wealth of information. It's not just there to sell products. Yes, we have natural nutraceuticals and natural skincare line, but we are there as a source of information with lots of links to uh, explaining explaining why you're taking this, why you're doing this. And I would encourage you as well to please read some of the testimonies on our website. They're on the first page. And these are unsolicited testimonies that are beautiful and are a testament to the passion that my husband David and I have to serving our community in bringing back divine law and that divine law is that of having health, a healthy body. You can also get in touch with us at 954-742-4430, and we'll be more than happy to discuss with you over the phone and see what road we, what path we can take you down to, uh, to the healing process. Because please remember that the body has the innate ability to heal itself. It's all about the nurturing process. It is our role to nurture it properly. And here at Aging Younger, we say that the, uh, the, the trinity of health, which is the soul, the mind, and the body, well, it plays a pivotal role in that nurturing process. I want to make a I want, uh, you know, David uh, David had talked a little bit about the MRSA and uh, the it being antibacterial resistant. One of our products here is uh, at OSH Hydrosol Silver, and we believe that it will attack and kill any bacteria on the planet. I have a very short audio that I would like our listeners to listen to about our rejuvenous OSH silver before we say goodbye for the evening. So please stay with us and just listen to this short audio. Bacteria and fungus infections, as well as viral organisms, are history when encountering our rejuvenous OSH silver, hydrosyl, which is a true silver hydrosyl. Evidence shows that the pure and small particle size of the OSH silver hydrosyl will not interfere with normal white blood cell activity and may even enhance it. Studies have concluded that rejuvenous OSH silver hydrosyl offered profound immune benefits because of its ability to interfere with the select bacteria in three key ways almost simultaneously. 
Central to all three is the ability of the rejuvenous OSH silver hydrosyl to cause permanent inactivation of the dangerous invading organisms. Firstly, the integrity of the dangerous cell's membrane and boundaries become unstable. The cells begin to rupture simultaneously and the smaller particle size of the rejuvenous OSH silver hydrosyl can then easily penetrate the bacteria or virus membrane. Once penetration occurs, life and reactions governing the dangerous cell's metabolism go into partial or full arrest. Thirdly, the rejuvenous OSH silver hydrosyl further penetrates the most interior recesses of the cell, which is the nucleic acid ending the ability of these invaders to replicate. Bacteria, fungus, and virus will not become immune to this process like they can with vaccines. Keep our rejuvenous OSH silver hydrosyl in your home to protect your entire family against virus and bacterial infections. Call us today at 954-742-4430 or go to our website, agingyounger.net. Well, thank you for listening to that. If you would like to learn more, please give me or David a call, 954-742-4430. Go to agingyounger.net, the product website, and you can read all about it. We've run out of time, so I would like to thank all of our loyal listeners for being here with us this week again, making us premium hosts here on Blog Talk Radio. And David and I will be back on the air next week, same time, so remember to tune in. Until then, I would like to say to you all, have a healthy, aging, younger week, and God bless you all. David and Stephanie truly hope you enjoyed today's podcast and learned a lot of excellent information about how to stay healthy naturally. Like the old adage says, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And with the information you've learned today, you can put prevention to work for you right now. By the way, if you want one-on-one help and advice from Stephanie and David, you can call them at 954-742-4430 or visit their website at www.agingyounger.net today. Thanks for joining us on Aging Younger Radio. Here's to your health, naturally.